Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 634 for release on Sunday, April 18th, 2021. On WaveScan today, it's World Amateur Radio Day. And Vatican Radio celebrates 90 years. We'll also have our Bangladesh DX report. We express our appreciation to Joseph Jacob, VU2JOS in Hyderabad, India, for reminding us that today, Sunday, April 18th, 2021, is celebrated around our planet as World Amateur Radio Day. He states that the theme for this year is amateur radio, home but never alone. In addition to amateur radio as an important hobby, Jose also mentions that amateur radio has served a valuable purpose in times of emergency and stress. He states as an example that amateur radio has served a very valuable purpose throughout the world during the many months of virus shutdown. Whole families have been able to communicate with others as a matter of interest and information. In order to draw attention to important virus information, special call signs have been issued to amateur radio operators, and in India alone, 45 specially allocated call signs have been in use. Many experienced radio personnel who are professionally involved in programming and technical aspects of radio are also on the air as amateur radio operators. In addition, many amateur radio operators also share valuable information regarding international shortwave broadcasting. As an example, each Sunday morning, the Indian-operated shortwave broadcasting DX net, hosted by VU3SIO, Sunil Deep, reads out the latest shortwave news in their on-air bulletins of radio information. And we should mention that uh, we have amateur radio operators who are working at stations like WRMI, KVOH, WWCR, and AWR and elsewhere. Cari fratelli e sorelle, siamo entrati nella Settimana Santa. Per la seconda volta la viviamo nel contesto della pandemia. It was at 4.30 p.m. on Thursday, February 12, 1931, that the new Vatican Radio was officially inaugurated under the direction of the famous radio experimenter Guglielmo Marconi, with the internationally recognized callsign HVJ. The location of this new radio broadcasting station was in the Vatican Gardens at Leonine City, that is, the Vatican itself, and the inaugural transmitter was a 10-kilowatt shortwave unit manufactured by the Marconi Company in England. Ray Robinson now has 90 years of Vatican Radio. At the service of reconciliation This is the Africa service of Vatican Radio. Welcome to our half-hour daily program for Africa. Over the years, three additional shortwave transmitters were installed progressively at this city location for international coverage, as well as half a dozen medium-wave units for local coverage. 
However, due to the density of the city of Rome and its suburban areas, the Vatican location for high-powered radio broadcasting transmitters was far from ideal. Puoi ascoltare Radio Vaticana Italia a Roma e provincia su 105 FM. Consequently, a nearby and perhaps somewhat isolated country location was sought, and after considerable searching, a large 1,000-acre property, nearly 20 miles northwest of Rome, was ultimately chosen. That spacious property at Santa Maria di Galleria was already owned by the Catholic Church as an educational institution. On June 18, 1952, the Santa Maria di Galleria property, which is ten times larger than the Vatican itself, was granted extraterritorial status by the government of Italy as a political part of the Vatican. Laudetur Jesus Christus. Planning for that huge new shortwave station began in 1952, and two years later, work on site commenced. The first shortwave transmitter, a 100-kilowatt Philips unit from Holland, was transferred from Vatican City and reinstalled at the new Santa Maria di Galleria station. At 10.30am on Sunday, October 27, 1957, a special ceremony marked the inauguration of the new shortwave station. Laudator Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News. Over the years, a dozen or more shortwave transmitters, built by half a dozen different manufacturers, have been installed consecutively at Santa Maria, including four at 500 kilowatts. In addition, important medium wave transmitters have also been on the air at Santa Maria. Laudetur Jesus Christus, al mishtu liyasu' al-Masih, huna idha'atu al-Vatikan. The extensive antenna field, with its more than two dozen antenna towers, is laid out in the shape of the English capital letter Y, and it includes mostly curtains, as well as a small variety of additional shortwave styles. Two 500-kilowatt transmitters feed a four-tower rotatable antenna system that was designed and built by Telefunken of Germany. A special four-tower medium-wave antenna system allowed for directional change on the medium-wave frequency of 1530 kHz. However, due to accusations of radio frequency emanations at a level dangerous to local citizens, the usage of this particular unit, two transmitters and four antenna towers, was closed in 2011. The towers themselves were finally demolished three years later, on May the 8th, 2014. The programming for Vatican Radio is produced in 23 languages in the studio complex at Palazzo Pio, 
a five-story building in Rome, just outside Vatican City. The on-air programming is fed to Santa Maria via satellite and microwave FM relay. Laudetur Jesus Christus. Slava Jesusu Christu. Gaverit Radio Vatican. A surprising move in the international radio world was reported in the March 2017 issue of the Australian DX News. The Japanese shortwave service NHK in Tokyo had made an inquiry regarding the possibility of buying the shortwave station at Santa Maria di Galleria, owned and operated by Vatican Radio. This unusual report was contained in a news release from the Catholic World News Service, and it was copied into the March 2017 issue of the Australian DX News. Vatican News. Desde la ciudad del Vaticano, informativo matutino. Well, no, the shortwave service of Vatican Radio was not sold off, neither was it closed down, though in more recent times there have been significant reductions in languages and some services as an economy measure. Yes, Vatican Radio is still here, and today it's celebrating the 90th anniversary of its inauguration way back in 1931, eight years before the beginning of World War II. And Vatican Radio is still a ready verifier of listener reception reports from all parts of the world. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you to Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles for that report. A postcard written by a crew member of the RMS Titanic just weeks before it sank is up for auction and could fetch $15,000. Following item we found from CNN, Jack Phillips, the vessel's senior wireless operator, wrote the postcard in March of 1912 to his sister Elsie while at port in Belfast, Ireland, where the Titanic was built. Construction was completed at the end of March, and it left the dock on April 2, 1912. The correspondence, written on a 5.5-inch by 3.5-inch postcard, features an image of the Titanic during its construction and is postmarked in Belfast. The card reads in part, Very busy working late. Hope to leave on Monday and arrive Southampton Wednesday afternoon. Hope you quite okay. The message ends with the words, Love, Jack. The auction house says Phillips is a forgotten hero who saved many lives as the Titanic started sinking. Phillips worked tirelessly to send messages to other ships to enlist their help in rescuing the passengers and crew. On the night of April 14, 1912, in the North Atlantic, the Titanic struck an iceberg that would lead to the death of more than 1,500 passengers and crew. 
according to RR Auction. Phillips, age 25, abandoned ship as water flooded his feet. He ended up on an overturned collapsible lifeboat where he would die of exposure to severe cold. According to Wikipedia, there are memorials to Jack Phillips in Nightingale Cemetery in Farncombe, England, and in the memorial ground which lies to the north of the Church of St. Peter and St. Paul in Godalming. To mark the 100th anniversary of the sinking, the BBC World Service broadcast on April 10, 2012, a radio documentary in the Discovery series entitled Titanic in Her Own Words. The program was conceived and created by Suzanne Weber and was narrated by Sean Coughlin, who had previously written a book on the Titanic radio messages. The program used voice synthesis to recreate the strange Twitter-like mechanical brevity of the original Morse code messages transmitted by Titanic and neighboring ships. Here's an excerpt from that BBC program. CQD, Titanic to all ships. CQD, this is Titanic. CQD, this is Titanic. Position for 1.44 north. 50.24 west. Into the dark night, the signal CQD suddenly booms from the Titanic's transmitter. CQ, attention all ships. D, I am in distress. The ship had struck a massive iceberg and was ripped open below the waterline and would sink in a couple of hours. With only enough room in the lifeboats for half the passengers and crew, the captain turned to his only lifeline. He went to the wireless room and asked Jack Phillips to send a call for assistance. CQD, CQD, this is Titanic. Come at once. Have struck a berg. Received. We'll tell captain. CQD. This is Titanic. Struck iceberg. An excerpt there from the BBC program Titanic in her own words. You're listening to WaveScan from Adventist World Radio. We continue covering the HFCC A21 Shortwave Coordination Conference here on WaveScan together with Jerry Plummer of WWCR in Tennessee. And he's also a member of the HFCC Steering Board. Last time, we were talking about a document that the HFCC has recently produced explaining the continuing importance of shortwave for international broadcasting. The document mentions some other methods of international broadcasting and their disadvantages compared to shortwave. Besides the Internet, uh, the the document uh, from the HFCC uh, mentions problems with FM also. Uh, of course, it's, FM is mostly for local coverage, so they don't reach vast areas. Uh, and there, there are, are a lot of uh, these international broadcasters renting time on local FM stations in different yeah. cities around the world. But that can be limited because uh, of changes in laws and, and political situations. A lot of times they get cut off. Yeah, yeah, very, very limited coverage compared to shortwave. Uh, then you have satellite, but satellite broadcasting is, is mainly for television. Very few people ever listen to radio on the satellite. Have you ever done that? I've never listened to it on satellite ever. I, I once had a satellite dish that picked up a HISPIS sat. It has a number of international uh, stations on it, but I always watched the video. I never listened to the radio stations that were on there. Uh, 
it is it is expensive and of course it's not portable so so that's some problems with satellite then of course there are problems with shortwave uh reception can be difficult in in the urban areas because of a lot of noise you know right and it can be affected by interference from other stations which the right. hfcc conferences are trying to solve and of course Shortwave transmitting stations, as, as you and I both know, are very expensive to operate. They, they really are. Yeah. Uh, it's, and and it, uh, typically it's mostly electrical costs, you know, that, that run us up so much. Yeah. Although some of the parts that do go out can, can set you back a pretty good amount, too. People running the stations and that, you know, I mean, uh, our biggest expenses are, are electricity and personnel. Yeah. Um, you know, and it also pointed out in some of those countries, too, that they use medium wave a lot, too. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the Arab countries use still quite a bit of medium wave. Yeah, they have pretty, pretty high power and good antennas to use that for international broadcasting. I guess you can uh, get by I, with that in Europe, maybe. A little easy. I think that the medium wave was still, at one point, was pretty popular in Europe, too. Yeah, yeah. If I, so. I remember uh-huh. But more and more of those medium wave stations are being shut down and, and everything's going to FM. Uh, yeah, that is. But again, the problem with FM is it's very local coverage. Um, so it doesn't seem to you, uh, and I think the paper points this out, that sort of the weak points of Internet, FM, and satellite become the strong points of shortwave. Absolutely. For example, uh, uh, the broadcasts on, on shortwave reach listeners, of course, over large areas, uh, very far from the, the transmitting site. It's also free to air. You don't have to have a yeah. subscription. You don't have to pay for internet, anything like that. And as we said, the, the listener, uh, on shortwave listener cannot be identified like they can on, uh, the internet. That's true. That's very true. And, and then, of course, uh, there isn't the need for previous agreement from the country that you're transmitting to to broadcast uh, on, on shortwave, whereas there is, I think, for satellite. And then, of course, the other thing about uh, shortwave is the, the receivers are, are sometimes very small and sometimes very inexpensive. So. I agree with that. I mentioned to you a couple of days ago that I found over the holidays yet another $12 shortwave radio that's quite impressive for what it is. It costs more to get it shipped to me than it costs for the radio. <laughs> that was Jerry Plummer, a fellow member of the HFCC Steering Board, talking with us about a new document produced by the High Frequency Coordination Conference. We'll have more on this in future WaveScans. Let's go now to Salahuddin Dolar in Bangladesh. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you in April 2021 edition of Bangladesh DX Report on Oviscan. This is Salahuddin Dollar from Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Glad to be back and thanks for listening. The receiving log of different radio stations. March 28, Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting, Bangla language program, news and reports was heard at 1420 to 1445 UTC on 9810 kHz. They say code was 433. NSK World Radio, Urdu service, listeners mailback program was heard at 1525 UTC on 11775 kHz. They say code was 333. 
March 29, BBC Dari Service World News Program was heard at 1400 UTC on 9900 kHz. The SIO code was 433. March 31st, reached beyond Australia. Nepali Program was heard at 1330 to 1345 UTC on 9720 kHz. The SIO code was 444. April 4th, Voice of America Burmese Service report on Easter Sunday COVID-19 etc. was heard at 1536 UTC on 5885 kHz. The SIO code was 444. Four, four. Panam Broadcasting via Taskend English Religious Radio Free Asia Chinese Service Radio Drama was heard at 16,054 UTC on 116100 Tigriana language service musical program was heard at 1738 UTC on 9630 Talking in male voice is heard at 1445 UTC on 9940 kHz. The SIO code was 343. Adventist World Radio Nepali Service Bhayatrin Kumali at 1523 UTC on 9695 kHz, the SIO code was 343. KBS World Radio Opening ID of Vietnamese program was heard at 1528 UTC on 9600 World News by OM was heard at 1603 UTC on 7220 kHz. The SIO code was 
Many thanks to Mr. Pradeep Chandrakundu and Anand Bahan Bain from India for sharing their log with us. If you have any comments and suggestions and send your reception report to the following email address dxbangla at the rate gmail.com dxbangla dxbangla at the rate gmail.com Okay, I will come with more DX news in the next edition. Till then, take care. Salahuddin Dollar, Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Thank you, Salahuddin. I want to mention a few reception reports that we've received recently here at WaveScan. Just a few of the many. Uh, our good friend Richard Lemke writes from uh, St. Albert, Alberta in Canada. says, first time I ran across a KVOH broadcast of WaveScan, edition 632. He heard it on 9975 kHz, April 4th at 0200 UTC. Lee Sylvie from Mentor, Ohio, says, I once again listen to the WaveScan program, which I have logged countless times over the decades. I find it very informative and useful in the hobby. He picked it up on 5850 kHz via WRMI with a SINPO of 45444. N. Arun Kumar of Chennai in Tamil Nadu, India, says, When I tuned into AWR WaveScan, I heard the discussion about Internet availability, speed, and bandwidth. And he was picking it up on 9510 kHz via IRRS. Luis Alejandro Vallebueno in Durango, Mexico, heard WaveScan on 9955 kHz at 2230 UTC, that coming out of Okeechobee. And Shivendu Paul in Murshidabad in West Bengal, India, heard Wayscan on 5800 kHz from Okeechobee at 0230 UTC. Signal was good, he said. Radio Vaticana Italia vi invita a pregare la compieta con la comunità delle suore trappiste del monastero di Vitorchiano. And we end WaveScan this week with uh, a recording from Vatican Radio. It's La Compieta, the uh, church service for the end of the day. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week in our program, we plan to present the radio scene on the Caribbean island of St. Vincent, which recently underwent a massive volcanic eruption. Also, we'll have our Australian DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, 
Prakanon, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanon, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, in the United States. Till next week, good listening, everyone.